0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch
1: instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. From November 24th through November 28th, you can save 30% by using code EMPIRE30. That's EMPIRE, all caps, and the number 30. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more.
0: Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antlera podcast. We are on episode 148, and we are gearing up for gun season here in Pennsylvania. And on this week's episode, Dimitri and I, we were joined by Phil Holcomb of Pennsylvania. And over the years, around this time frame, Dimitri and I, we have done an episode or two talking about, like, how the year has gone for us and you know what we plan on doing for the upcoming rifle season and whatever else we get into. But with this episode, Phil shares his insight of how he's hunted the PA rifle season. In all honesty, we just we talk hunting and from different terrain features to how to avoid or use pressure to your advantage during gun season here in PA. Phil also recaps a little bit of how his season shaped up and uh, what he did when it came to in-season scouting and hunting. So thanks again, everybody, for all the support. and Thanks, Phil, for coming on uh, this this past week. And we really enjoyed this conversation and look forward to having you on, talk a little bit about Flintlock uh, here in the future in the next uh, month or so. So everybody, thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Best of luck to you this weekend, those of you that are getting out there and with, with weather for yourself and with your family and kids. Have fun out there. Enjoy it. Antler up. And before we get into this week's episode, I want to share with you a discount code from Black Rifle Coffee. And Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. So fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or your first Club Coffee Club subscription. Last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with social media platforms go wild to combat mainstream social media censorship go wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you go wild is a free social community not only are your photos not censored they're encouraged on go wild and go wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies gear reviews and inviting friends as you earn points you unlock awesome rewards too such as gift cards Free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. All right, everybody, let's get into this week's episode.
2: Yeah, so, so far, it's been a really pretty good season. I can't complain too much. Uh filled my uh, buck tag on uh, the 9th, um, so that's always you know a little weight off the shoulders uh
1: of october and, uh, of october or november
2: no november okay yep.
1: Nice. november
2: yep and uh uh october was a little rough uh for me um it was good but okay. it was you know it's all learning experiences Just basically <laughs> i was hunting a lot of new areas this year so um i i pretty much am always like uh I'm far more like scouting and hunting like in season to me, it's all kind of one thing. I don't really, I'm kind of doing both simultaneously. Um, so I, I tend to move around a lot, especially in October, really just, um, kind of a modified still hunting scouting. Uh, if I find the right sign or conditions set up on it, if not, I'm just constantly moving, trying to figure things out. Um, you know, get to, get to what seems to make sense type of thing. So, um, I actually, I, I got into, uh, uh I had, I had two really good encounters from the ground. Um, uh, one was like, uh, the early twenties of October, I okay. want to say. Okay. And, um, one was, uh, I think that was actually, um, the 31st, um, and uh that one that one i was really excited about uh because i laid eyes on him and i i busted him out of like a very well used like residential bedding area like so when i jumped him i went over where he he got up out of um and uh found like the the classic like lair just (laughs) You know, so I'm very excited about having found that and be able to maybe put some surveillance on it for next year. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, archery season was, was, you know, pretty normal. I can't, uh, the weather in general was kind of not great, but.
1: Yeah, I, I would say, know? I would agree with you a hundred percent on that. Uh, you know, I actually, before you elaborate, just because I, I do have something in, in mind I do want to ask you regarding kind of rewinding a little bit back so even like dimitri if there's anything that you want to touch upon please do so as well but phil talk about like how you were saying you you scout around like while you're hunting and you kind of use do both at the same time and still hunting you know how much time do you have like when you know like you're going out is this just strictly like a weekend are you capable like with your work schedule to say do a Friday, Saturday, or how are you manipulating that? Just because going into yeah. the season, I really wanted to do that more. I, I like Dimitri and I, we talked about it on our podcast last week. I, October was weird. October for me was finally the first October in many years where I had actually a good amount of encounters, seeing lots of deer. I saw a lot of deer on like while I was on hunting and all that type of stuff. So I really, I didn't get a chance to do my one of my side goals of scouting while I was hunting because I was finding deer uh, like while I was in hunting, if that makes sense. Right. So, so what yep. does that look like for you? Like, you know, the, the timing yeah. wise.
2: Yeah. So, um, I work, uh, um, I work in manufacturing and I work a a 12 hour rapid rotation swing shift. Um, it's, uh, it's fairly common in manufacturing. It's also pretty common in law enforcement, uh, emergency services, things like that. So, um, I work 12 hour shifts. So, um, the days that I work because of my commute and all of that stuff, it's like a 14 hour day to day, like door to door. Um, but what it does allow is, uh, I get, I'm working like two days and then or two shifts in a row, whether that's nights or days is how, you know, my, my shifts swings. So then I'm off for two days or three days. Just depends. It's a two, two, three rotation. Um, so every couple of days I'm off for a couple of days. Nice. Um, and then I, like we also have a, 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 lot of, uh, uh, flexible pay uh, time off. Um, it, like, cause everything we work in hours, we get paid by the hour. So it's like, everything's by, you know, the number of hours off, okay. but what it would translate to, cause like, if I take two shifts off, that usually gives me six or set, uh, like six, six and a half days off just okay. by taking two off. Right. Got it. So, um, like, I, you know, I can, I can get quite a bit of time off, uh, when you add up my normal days off and my vacation time. Great, um, and then plus just like I said, that rapid rotation. I'm not going from Monday to Friday without full, you know, potentially having full days to be to be able to hunt. You know what I mean? So,
1: yep.
2: When you're in Monday to Friday, there's a big difference between October uh, 22nd and October 27th in a, in a lot of years. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. can, you could miss uh, things can change quite a bit between those two dates, and likewise uh, November, you know, uh, 7th to November 12th can be a big difference. You know what I mean? If you're working your, your Monday through Friday and you know, you have to wait that amount of time or you can only get out for a little bit after work before work or however that works, you know? So that's kind of nice. Um, it, it, you know, like everything has its pros and cons. Uh, it comes down to, you know, you can't do anything on the days you work or the nights you work, you're sleeping the whole next day. So, you know, you get a lot of things piled into your days off. So, um, but, uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I kind of, I usually like, uh, try to just have a, like a general game plan of like an area based on the wind, the conditions or whatever intelligence I have. Like, you know, this is the area I'm going to focus on either in the morning or, You know the midday the whole day whatever whatever works out to or if i get in there and i feel like it's kind of worth sticking around or Mm -hmm. or you know hanging out and um then going from there so that's kind of how i i tend to to work that and then um you know that's more on like the uh bigger pieces uh i'm fortunate where i live i'm kind of in the middle of quite a lot of public land um uh, everything from state forest to game lands and stuff and state parks, uh, you know, just right here out my back door, there's like 120,000 acres. And then if you expanded that out to about 45 minutes from my driveway, it goes out to like 260,000. So um, it's, uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of room to roam. Um, and then uh, I also am um, fortunate to have a, a, a little wood lot um, and, uh, uh, I've always had some really pretty good success there. Um, done a lot of habitat work on it, food plots and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of how those days work. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, it's like a default scouting mode. Like, uh, you know, uh, everything's to me, like I, I, I mean i guess to a certain extent yeah yeah i partition like the parts of the year early archery season you know rifle season late archery and flintlock you know like those your, your basic kind of partitions of you know your your seasons um but i don't to me it doesn't matter if i'm hunting i'm hunting so um i i don't i don't necessarily like have a a real like preparation routine for every single for, for differentiating because um i i try to ha- keep a tag around for every season because i i want to be Got out there that. anyway <laughs> um and <clears throat> to me that's how like you just you learn a lot a lot um you know i know a lot of like you know your kind of hardcore bow hunters kind of like lament you know, the end of the early bow season and uh, the dreaded orange armies coming to slaughter all the deer you passed and (laughs) that that wary buck that you weren't able to seal the deal on. That guy chugging the Mountain Dew, smoking cigarettes and eating the bologna sandwich (laughs) is going (laughs) to hammer him with the 30-30, you know, in the first 30 minutes after you spent, you know, thousands of hours and thousands of dollars trying to kill him, right? Yep. I, I don't know. My, I always bet on the deer when it comes down to it. If there's one that I, I wanted to see make it, and, or couldn't get it, couldn't catch up to, I pretty much always bet on them. Um, I think once they get a certain age, there the the odds go way
1: more in their favor. favor yep i agree um so you know, they don't get big for for any particular reason unless no for not for some dumb reason uh, we walk up on them you know what i mean and yeah. that's and that's oh yeah you know, like yeah, how you're exactly. like how you're saying two hundred thousand some acres i mean there's a lot of spots for them to to find and call home and safe a safe home and where people do not want to go and that's you know think about it where you know our obviously we're not going to get I was looking ahead for opening day here for the weekend for, for rifle and some snow is coming we've called calling for it. And it's kind of going down, uh, as, as we speak in a sense, but you know, if it gets nasty, ugly weather, you know, people aren't going to be trucking up in, <laughs> in certain specific areas. So. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, I was sitting out, I was hunting this afternoon and, uh, we had like, three different snow squalls and uh, it was it was really nice like but it was cold it got really cold and blustery there towards the end like i'm finally starting to feel a couple of toes again so um but uh but as far as uh you know as far as transitioning out of like uh you know out of your early archery season and the rifle deer season, you got that kind of shoulder season of rifle bear season, which I think really sets the tone in the deer woods for what's coming. You know, yep. Um, I think a lot of the deer uh, most deer are highly perceptive of predatory behavior. So even when crews come in and push, you know, big spots out and stuff, they're not the deer aren't getting shot at and it's not like there's as many bear as there are deer where every drives, you know, a lot of gunshots and stuff. You know, my experience with driving uh, more often than not the does get up and go pretty early on. They pretty much run a beeline, whatever the, the fastest, you know, easiest exit out is young bucks are pretty much around the same. The older bucks tend to just hold their ground if especially if it's thicker cover you more or less have to step on them to put them out um and the other thing i've always noticed with them too is uh if you're a driver and you're you're moving along you, you know through the thick stuff um those big old bucks they don't like i said you know you either have to step on them but If you're like in there, if you finally get in their zone, it's when you stop. Mm -hmm. If you keep walking, they'll let you go by. As soon as you stop, that's when you're in that, you know, you put, you got in the bubble. When you stop, that's when they make their move. But almost always, almost always, if they're, if they, they will much rather stay in that safe spot and let you walk by than anything else. But as soon as you stop, that's when it's like, okay, yeah, I got to go now. Yeah. And they almost always go, go back to where the drive just came from or, or they're trying to make a move to do that. Yeah. That's what I've seen most often.
1: What do you but think, it, Dimitri, do
2: you I think. Well, I think what it is in bear season is they get a, they get a, they get a practice run. You know what I mean? in a lot of these areas where that get that big bear crews come in and drive out a lot of these clear cuts and stuff. I think the, I think the deer get a kind of a practice run for what's coming (laughs) and, uh, you know, without getting shot at. Um, and so I think by the time rifle season for deer comes in in a lot of these areas that there still are, you know, crews that go out and push for deer and not only push for deer, like in my, in my unit anyway, um, you know, that, uh, bear is still in in that first week and usually that saturday used to be the first saturday i guess now it's the middle saturday that was like you know um when our in our unit the first the first week doe wasn't concurrent so that that saturday was like buck doe and bear were all in yeah so we all always kind of got crews together um because at that point um you, you could find somebody who had some tag you know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> somebody was going to have a tag, right? Yep. A doe, a buck or a bear and it's, you know, it's the day that they're all in. So
1: Yep. Um, I, I don't mean like I don't mean to cut you off there, Phil, but like I think back to 2019 Dimitri when we did that big drive with your dad's crew and everybody for what during deer season and remember I got I I was on that buck like within 12 mm. yards and I think Phil when <laughs> what what you said about stopping I think I did stop to kind of like look at my phone to make sure I was yeah. following the right path. And I kicked that yeah. buck up. And it was just because I was literally on top of them. Yeah. Do you recall anything like that too, Dimitri, like growing up or doing any of your drives? Just because I think like that—that that is something that we have heard more. Like you got to be on top of them and then they're, they're kicking yeah. out.
3: Yeah, I mean, exactly what he said. I think a majority of the mature bucks are always going to bust back through the drivers. You know, I've seen that time after time. They're not going to kind of follow the path that you want them to. So, you know, that's definitely the challenge with that. You know, my question for you is, is, you know, what's the pressure like on the first day of rifle season for you, especially you have – you know, maybe a little bit bigger chunker, chunks of land than most people might have uh, for public. You know, we we have several bigger pieces too, not that big, but they're pretty large in size as well. But we still see a lot of that first day pressure, right? You know, like the areas that we typically have, you know, I wouldn't say to ourselves, but can really get away from people in archery season, come rifle season, you know, you're lucky if you can get, two or 300 yards away from a lot of people, um, yeah. you know, so it's kind of hard to kind of transition yourself into, you know, that thicket or that transition area they're going to hide just cause there's so many people around, you know? Um, so how do you, how is your pressure on that first day and what do you, you know, do to maybe avoid it or use that to your advantage um, when you're looking to still fill that buck tag?
2: yeah um so a couple there's definitely a couple parts to that to kind of unpack so um yeah so there's a lot of big ground um but there's there's a lot of pressure and it's in it's 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 pretty predictable where it's gonna be Mm -hmm. it's access um it's the the real like you know high ticket like obvious stuff uh you know a lot of the a lot of the um uh timber harvesting and stuff up here on a lot of the the state land is really pretty accessible if not if not like right along the road like the actual you know access driven access roads it's down a very easy grade on a gated road and it's not it's not a you know it's not difficult to to walk to um so uh, around parking areas around them, you know, the, the relatively like easy terrain um, that type of stuff. There's, there's kind of like the usual pressure. And then, you know, I always, I always, I referred to it as the layers of suck. So the more layers of suck you can add to where between you and kind of everybody else, the, the number of people sh- drops yeah. right off so um and they don't like so it, it can be it can be sheer distance it can be really thick nasty vegetation it can be water crossings um it can be super steep um it can be really rocky um uh i i, I always refer to this uh, yeah it, you could bleep it out if you want to but i always call it shit rock because you get to it and you go, shit, <laughs> yep. it's just a big field of ankle breaking yep. and it's miserable to walk across deer in general. Don't like go through it. They don't hang out in it. Like it's just, it's an obstacle. And most people will get to like the, the beginning of that and be like, yeah, I'm not going through this. You know, there's just, um, you keep adding those different layers of, of suck and, you know, when you can stack a couple of them up on top of each other, you're generally gonna get to a place that there aren't gonna be too many other people. Um and what and interesting too with with that type of rock, um the deer always like tend to skirt the edges of that, and where you can pack the edge of that with some different habitat or terrain features, you can almost always get like a really good pinch or a funnel. Um, and not only that, but you can get like deer free access by going through the ankle breaking. Um, cause there, and you can set up on the edge of that with your wind blowing back into that. Generally the deer aren't going to be back there. They, those, those areas can make good setups, but, um, so there's that, like just trying to get away from, um, the pressure. And then more often than not, what I, I tend to end up doing in, um the early few days of rifle season is uh I I, I kind of try to find the overlooked pockets um like the kind of like stupid easy access uh I have a couple of spots that like seem like every couple of years if not every other year um end up having a really good buck hole up in a spot that's like 50 yards off of a road that had 300 trucks up and down it all day (laughs) in the first three days you know what I mean like like stupid stupid close and I found it on accident um one day second day of rifle season actually I had shot I shot uh, a bear on the opening day and uh that was a chore (laughs) Mm. and so the second day and I, I still had my buck tag and uh uh hunting with a buddy and and that's it i like to do a lot of like uh one and two man like i wouldn't call them drives i wouldn't i mean wind bumps you know what like just one person kind of is their goal is to kind of get them up and move and then the other person or two are like just set up to anticipating an escape you know and um that's what we were doing and i jumped this one up Um, I wasn't, I wasn't 35 yards off of the road and this deer was 20 yards in front of me. And again, I, I stopped to orient myself and he jumped up and, and ran out. And, uh, I made a big sprinting flanking maneuver because of where I had my buddy set up. I didn't want him to go that way. So I just ran that way thinking he would just hear all the commotion and racket of me going that way and go, I got to go this way. Yep. Um, and, uh, I, I flanked out and around and it was uh, a little bit of snow on the ground that year. And I started working my way back towards to make that push to see if he needed a nudge to go towards the other guys. And, uh, (laughs) I, I got on his track, he was walking, um, and I followed him down and, uh, I was coming down, there's like a, 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 it drops down into this real thick, uh, kind of, um, beaver swamp bottom. Um, and, uh, I stopped to stand on a rock to get a little better (laughs) view out. And he busted out again, like 30 yards right below me. And all I could see was the rack going through all the alder and stuff. And it's one of the biggest deer, um, that I've ever shot at. He made it down to the creek. he crossed the creek and he came up. When he came up, there was just this one mound and he stopped on it, turned broadside and looked back. and uh, I was still swinging through on his motion and I pulled the trigger and I shot right in front of him. Uh. <laughs> and then he turned and he ran out uh, and crossed the road <laughs> crazy. Um, And that was probably in like in like an upper 40s uh, deer. Um, and like I say, he was like, he was like 50, 55 yards off of like a, a very well-traveled road the second day of rifle season. Yep. Um, so there's spots like that. I mean, they're hard to find. That was dumb luck, but I've kept that in mind and I've checked, uh, since I've seen two other deer in that same spot. Um, good. I mean, really good bucks. Yep. Uh,
1: no, that because because that's all great stuff. Because I think now last year was the first year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is when they implemented that we could shoot doe opening day again. Was it last year?
2: Yeah, I believe it was. So I, I, honestly, just, I, I've I've not been able to. Um, I've usually the past I think six years now I've I haven't had a buck tag on opening day a yeah. rifle, and so I'm usually try you know trying to hunt with the guys and like get other people out non deer and, and yep. stuff like that. I, I, it, I, think it was last year. I know this year cause I just checked it. Yep. Um, cause the reason, so-
1: cause the reason why I say that is because when you think about the, like, I don't know, Dimitri, I are like, when you and I would hunt together that morning, we would go and sit in a spot, like basically as if we're our normal archery hunting, like we're just waiting for that opportunity. Then it gets to a certain part when you know people are out (laughs) moving around and you're like, all right, it's also, you know, either someone's going to come through instead of a deer, you know? So it's almost like on, like, if you're like, I'm trying to think of in a sense of like a, either a newer hunter or someone that's like, maybe lost privilege to privates they're going back on on public like for that opening day of rifle season like like to try to think of like that game plan because now it is you know buck doe and you know what i mean so you know i'm just yeah. trying to think of what that true game plan would be like for yeah. that for that solo individual that doesn't have a group to go out with yeah. and how how are they still able to go out there and like fill that
2: tag you know you know it I think if you're just walking into it and like you're let's just say you're only a rifle hunter or you're you hunted growing up and then you kind of got away from it now you're coming back and you really you know you got a rifle and you don't have a lot of time you weren't out scouting you know you weren't like you know yep full on full bore like and you don't have a finger on the pulse right that then i i'm treating it any other any other season i'm i'm scouting i'm looking for sign i'm looking for people and then i i'm making those adjustments from there and those are those are the biggest things i want to i want to have an idea on pressure and i want to i want to find sign and i want to be able to get set up where uh that sign and the lack of pressure or anticipating that the sign here, the pressure has been here, then the, you know, on this yep. wind or these conditions, I could be here and and probably make an encounter. Um, I would be waiting and just chomping at the bit for rain, damp weather. I can get in there. I can move around and I can be quiet, really windy. Um, a lot of times that's enough to keep a lot of other guys out. Um, and, uh, also snow, t- um, you know, I'm going to get out and I'm going to track, um, all of those things are, if you're, if you're newer, um, you're going to learn a lot more than just like picking the random X on the, on the dot, on the map and walking to it and sitting there all day, yeah. you know, um, or kind of e-scouting and like knowing like, oh, points of ridges and this edge and this terrain feature these are all things that everybody talks about being you know where deer are and and then going there and then either ground truthing it and being like oh yes there's sign here or being like i don't know why everyone talks about these things there's no deer here you know um to me if you're if you're newer um You just got to go out and you got, you got to, I think you need to cover ground. I think you need to learn, um, need, need to be really focused on learning those things. Um, and then paying attention to detail, being very observant, just those are huge. Um, and, and then also like, just be willing to, to say it's, it might not happen this year, but the things that I'm doing now are going to help me next year, um, you know, yeah. we live in the we live in the in the instant gratification age, and everybody can watch YouTube and listen to podcasts and go out and smoke booners. You know, so <laughs> you know, like it's just I I I just I just think a lot of people just you just got to get out there and learn, and it, you know there's there's no replacement for that. Um, and unfortunately, you know, for most people, it it takes time. You know and i mean obviously not everybody has a lot of time to 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 do it but if you can kind of just say hey i'm gonna take this time and i'm gonna dedicate it to learning this and you know making it happen you know if you get the chance you get the chance if you don't you don't as long as you learn something and you're able to like reapply it then you won you know yep i agree well
3: and i i think the the hardest factor with with rifle season especially on public land here in pa and what we've encountered is you know the predicting the pressure that's going to be there on that first day just because you know it might be an area where you've hunted all archery season and there's minimal pressure and you know and maybe you've had good deer activity and then you go i mean i know this firsthand go in there on the first day of rifle seeing all these bucks and then all you see is headlamps coming all around you, you know, setting up the first morning before yeah. light even comes up. So, yeah. you know, and then you know, you you maybe see a couple of does, and you know, you hear a lot of shooting around you, and you know, they're probably on the bucks sooner than you know where you typically were seeing them in archery season. Yeah. You know, so a lot of that is, you know, going to be unpredictable because you yeah. don't You unless you walk out there and a lot of them don't even put up stands so it's not like you can go see where the stands are set up um you know and we all know that that first hour or two is going to be pretty much natural movement and from then on it's kind of you know (laughs) yeah it's the chaos (laughs) yeah kind (laughs) of luck so you know being newer and being by yourself it's kind of you know it's hard not to get frustrated right away oh yeah for
2: sure and you know Unless I have a spot where I feel like super, super confident uh, of getting in there before first light, like, and knowing, like, if I'm in here at this spot before first light, I'm taking advantage of that pressure and this natural movement and, you know, voila, right? Unless I feel like I have that, I don't go in it it, it before first light. I'm, I'm waiting till crack of gray and then I'm going in and then I'm seeing... The orange over here. The trucks at this spot. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you, you can you can discern a lot. And honestly, if you have to throw away that first little bit of natural movement in order to capitalize on the pressure movement, I'll do that hands down every day.
1: Well, that's a great that's a great topic that we could really talk about it here for rifle or archery, just hunting in general. Because I've talked to a few different uh, friends of mine, and we've brought up kind of that discussion of unless you've been in a spot and you know you want to get back into that net in that vicinity you maybe want to change spots to get in a tree you feel comfortable going in there at night or like before you know daybreak i i have had more friends this year say man i really like that gray light time to get in there because i wouldn't have seen this extra little bench that's not on the app basically yeah. like on your phone yeah. and you're yeah. able to see it. And I would, you know, uh, my friend, uh, Bobby would tethered. He, he did that in, oh uh, crap. What state was he in? Was he in Wisconsin? I think it was, um, this past year. And same thing. He got in, uh, he had, a, he wasn't in, in the stand for 30 minutes and he had like four buck movement already. And he was like, if I would have picked in a different location in the dark, he's like, I know exactly where I would have gone in the dark. He goes, I know for a fact I wouldn't have seen them just because of missing, like, a bench type of ordeal. So it's just, uh, like, that's a good topic. Like, Dimitri, did you have anything this year? We didn't talk about that last week on the podcast. Were you always in before gray light type of ordeal this year? Yeah. 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 Every morning
3: I was um, in there uh, pretty early just because I knew – where I was the, the, the buck movement, I was in kind of the bedding, um, yeah. and I was there, you know, rut, pre-rut and, you know, into the rut, but they kind of like to the transition there. Like, you know, you're either just missing them getting in there early cause they're already in their bed or you're catching, you know, it's that first movement at, you know, right after shooting yeah. light. So, you know, for me, typically I was in there an hour early, uh, all season, um, plus I just like to be set up and, you know, but, right. uh, yeah. it's just the situation yeah. that I was in.
2: Yeah. And, and like, I'm particularly on, like on my property, I, am always in before first light when I hunt the mornings. Um, and, uh, like, I, like some years I, like I've noticed, okay, the first, the first kind of surge of movement might be coming through a half an hour before first light it's mainly does. So I'm going to get in like an hour, yep. you know, and be in, be set up. They come through, they move through no problem. And then that next cycle of deer movement, just after first light, I'm there for it and it's light and I can shoot. So, but in like in rifle and uh, rifle season, you know, I, I had a buddy that, you know, for a long time, I, that's how I always was, was like, Oh, you got to be in there way before, you know, and get set up. And have your spot, like, all predetermined and everything. And, like, um, and then I would do that. And then same thing, be routinely disappointed by headlamps or or cat's eye tacks going right to where I wanted to go, you know, that were never there before. Or surveyor scat, you know, ribbon everywhere. uh, Or walking along, like, what is that orange thing in your headlamp? Like, what is that? And you get a little bit closer, and it's a freaking kid's sled that somebody brought in and anticipating of using it to drag a deer and left it a hundred yards short of where they're set up. Um, you know, I, I've seen all of that. And and so I got to this one point where I was like, you know, we're talking about, what are you gonna do in the morning? I'm like, I think I'm just going to wait until it's like gray light and, uh, start, start in. And he's like, why would you want to do that? I'm like, first off it's rifle season it's legal shooting light. I have a scope on a rifle. It's not a bow. Mm-hmm. If I'm slipping in and, and catch one, I can shoot it at that point in time, you know, I mean? like, yeah. and if not, I can see what else is going on and make the adjustments I need to make. So I think, um, that's a tactic that definitely, uh, you know, can, can, can pay off. Um, but, uh, you know, it's with everything like it's just condition based. You just got to figure out, you know, if, if I'm really going in blind then yeah, I kind of want, I definitely want to go in at that kind of gray light time and, and then use that to my advantage. But if I have really solid idea, um, and Intel on what's going on, and I think I really need to be in and and set up and waiting, um, then absolutely. You know what I mean? I, I, um, but more and more, um, i i definitely have been kind of using that gray light and um it really like gray light still hunt hunt my way in uh to then lighten up more of a scout like checking these few features points whatever that i you know kind of and then kind of always having like a general like a like kind of like an end point where it's like all right i want to make it to this feature or whatever it is and like i'm a combination of scouting and hunting up to that and then um get there and then or on the way you you hit something and you put you know put the brakes on i need to be here or get to your final destination and be like yeah this is awesome or yeah this is a total dud i don't know why i'm here yep Um, but you know that's always just as important really uh and i think that
1: and i think it being in rifle season You have that advantage to do that, right? Like, like I feel for me, in archery, I'm always so hesitant. Like, I'm like, I want to sit all day. You know what I mean? I I, even even early in October, I want to just because you don't know. I don't know. There's just something that when a bow is hanging up compared to when I have a rifle in my hand, I I want to be aggressive. Like I think of Zach from thp like how he just he just wants to go 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 go. like when i have a gun in my hand that's what i want to do i want to check out i'd rather i don't know that's just how my mind kind of switches into that like i'm i like sitting for that little bit that first more like that first morning like dimitri you said those first two three hours could be your most natural movement but then after that it's like like kind of like what you were saying phil walk around (laughs) scout around and check things out. I'll even use that to my advantage on we're all hunting up Northeast Pennsylvania back at home for on the private side of things, just because it's like, okay, if there's a little bit of snow on the ground, I love that because I'm able to see how our deer using this. And like when you were saying about the, Oh shit rock movement, I, I, Demetri and I, I don't know if we've really encountered that, a spot like that. Like I know how Phil's talking back at home because I don't know if it's a Northeastern thing, but man, there's, <laughs> there's parts of, of that mountain, Dimitri, where it is just like, it's like a football field of just like rubble rocks. And yeah. you, you want to talk about a pinch point.
2: <laughs> there's
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it and is. They're,
2: like, and they're, they're like covered in moss. Oh, they're and the sometimes worst. There's ferns growing and yep. like early enough in the season the ferns are enough to like kind of camouflage that the rocks are there but you start into it. And then like you go down to your knee into like some hole and yeah. <laughs> your foot is stuck. Like your foot, you pull your foot up and the boot's still down there. Like yep. it's yeah. it's bad, but you know, once all that dies back, like it's literally, you know, and, and some of them you can see on aerial imagery on leaf off. Yep. Um, but a lot of them even, with leaf off because the ferns that are growing on them the, when the ferns die down like it can be hard to pick them out and then uh, if it's leaf on you'll never know that they're yeah. there yeah um th- there is some ways uh electro- like you know e yep. scouting wise uh if you know how to use the usda soil survey maps okay um there are definitely uh, because when I mean, you're thinking, oh, it's rocks. Like, what's that have to do with soil? Well, it's uh, soil and, and geology are, you know, intertwined. So that surface geology it also has an underlying soil structure. Um, and uh, if you know how to read those and figure out what the symbols mean and stuff, you can pretty well go, that is shit rock <laughs> yeah, right there.
1: No doubt <laughs> about it. But, yeah, I, I just – again, I, I just – I don't know, I think this is a time like when you talk about being aggressive in a sense of yeah. putting more boots on the ground. This is that time, yeah. you know. I mean, for sure. I I yeah, and, I, I got and, that and that's that's exactly where I got it from a couple of years ago the first time doing it with Dimitri and ever since then it's he he's kind of instilled that in me of like when I get that sucker in my hand, I I just want to go 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 <laughs> compared yeah. to when I was younger, it was it was sit here because traditional wise you know, that's how we grew up was you yeah. sit here, but now like I'm total opposite. <laughs> like, I think I probably drive my dad nuts because he's like, what are you thinking today? And I'm like, well, I want to go here, here and here and here. here. And, here. and yeah. he's like, what <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking yeah. about? You know? And I'm, I don't know. That's just, that's just that's, how it is.
2: That, that's how I am too. Like I used to, so I used to be like super anal retentive about archery season. And like I had all sorts of predetermined. You know stand locations and i was like crazy with the send control stuff and like just very it was like a just like it got to the point where this is not even fun you know what i mean like this this is stressing me out like this is so not fun and that's part of where my arc kind of changed but i used to be like that so then when it became time for rifle season it was like i gotta go like i've been sitting in a tree not moving, not stinking, not breathing, you know, uh, you know, just completely like penned in, you know, and then rifle season, guess what? I've got the equalizer in my hand and I've got lots of big country to cover and I just want to go, I just want to go, I want to go see stuff. I want to get more of an adventure. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't, I just want to get out and go. And, and, uh, I started Over the past couple of years, to kind of bleed more of that into my bow hunting. So, um, which has kind of been cool. It's a learning curve. And, um, but, uh, you know, just has been, I've had more fun. I've had far more fun the last several hunting seasons than I ever had. Yeah. And, uh, you know, get to go into some places where I know, like, it's been a very long time since there's been people here. Um, got to see some really neat stuff. Um started hunting a an area on a local game lands that um actually my great 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 grandfather um he and his buddies used to have like a like almost like a spike camp um that they would go up to for deer season and um so this would have been like probably I want to say like the twenties or early thirties, not maybe not quite depression era just before that. Okay. And um, so they would go out to this, like kind of like austere cabin and stay for like two weeks or whatever the hunting season was. And back then it was like bear and deer general like, and um, they, they, he actually had a journal that he kept. And it's it's pretty it's a pretty interesting read. Um and uh they were like today we found a track. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a great celebration was had,
1: you know.
2: (laughs) We found an actual track, we followed it for hours, you know, and uh never saw the deer. Like it was awesome, you know, like that was the best part, you know. Um, and then occasionally they, they, they luck lucked into deer and shot a couple deer, you know? Yep. Um, and so that, that was pretty cool. But I, I had seen, um, a copy of this journal before a number of years ago and read it and was reading some of the names of like the, like the, the areas that they, that he was describing and was looking on some maps. And I knew, I knew like an overall area, like where this was and, uh, like two years ago i got into this general area and really spent a lot of time like hunting around there so it's kind of cool to think that that may have been like yeah. that area where they hunted i don't know for sure um i i don't like there's not much specificity to like the location of where their camp was right but i have a generalized area you know but that's there.
1: that's the friggin tradition of what you know yeah. we gr- have grown up with you know what i mean yeah. like that's just that's awesome
2: that's yeah, really so that, cool that's really neat um so you know there's there's a lot of things out there i think that um you know those who may lament the arriving of the orange army you know there's a lot of other things that are way worse in life and you know what can't beat them join them um there's way worse things you could be doing with your time than taking a rifle for a long walk in the woods. Um,
1: Well, I think too, like now, like not to speak for Dimitri, but man, that a couple of years ago when I had my, my buck tag filled before rifle season, I had a chance to enjoy it with you, Dimitri. And now you get to have done it now for a couple (laughs) of years in a row where you're, you just, you, whenever you get that call, I mean, you talk about that tradition, you know?
3: Yep, that's what I'm always excited for—just hanging out with the guys and kind of what Phil was saying is just kind of trying to get other people deer, and it's just as a bunch of excitement as someone else putting one down as yourself. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's always kind of the the tradition and to carry that forward.
2: Yeah, I I agree. There's there's that's one of the best the best parts of it. Um, you know, I know personally for me, archery season is always pretty you know wrapped up in you know my own like i've got this agenda and this is what i'm doing and this is where i'm hunting i'm hunting these areas and i'm you know and then once it hits like rifle season and then especially in the flintlock like the last couple of years i've like that's my new obsession is flintlock like (laughs) I, I I I honestly I hope I never get down to having to fill a buck tag in Flintlock season, but I kind of do because I, I I think there's literally nothing cooler. There's literally nothing cooler. It is hands down the hardest season to get a buck down. Like don't care what anybody anyone can bring it. You know, <laughs> like,
1: I have I've never done it, but I'm I'm i agreeing with you because that first, sucker First
2: off like. It's a flintlock. Yeah, exactly. Second off, there are far fewer deer still alive at that (laughs) point in the year. Okay. That's number two. Number three, they've had everything thrown at them in the book by that point in time. Yep. So, like, yes, there's some late season vulnerabilities. Like, they're back to like strapping the feed bag on. But let me tell you something like, the slightest. Thing moves kind of funny, and they're like, Mm-mm, "No, not doing that. I'm yeah. out of here." <laughs> yep. Like, yep. it's 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 unreal. It's super hard. And then on top of it, you can do every single thing right, and you can get right there, and you're ready to go, and you drop that rock on the lock, and it goes <laughs> <laughs> nothing.
0: Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or it does. It's. And then as you go like this to look and be like, what, what's happening? Boom! <laughs> you shoot way off into oblivion, right? <laughs> um, it, it, it's like, it's, it's insane how difficult it is.
1: What's funny, um, one of my colleagues, man, he loves going. Like, kind of yeah. like how you were saying, he just... He's like, I just like, he coaches football. So, you know, our, our high school usually does pretty well and has gets into playoffs. So he does an archery hunt. He'll try to go out for rifle here and there, but like he'll all the time. I'm I'm going out with the Flint, you know, I'm going out. He, he loves it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm fortunate. I, I hunt with some guys up at camp and, um, they are like avid black powder guys. Um, and specifically flintlocks and like shoot competitions. Like they've got all sorts of like custom made, you know, and they got all like the garb and everything. I mean, yeah. like these guys are hardcore about it. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, they make fun of me. Cause I'm like, I got a possibles bag. It's like fleece, <laughs> you know? And they're like, that thing's made out of polyester. It's not even like leather or something that you <laughs> stitch together yourself from an animal you killed, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a civil war reenactor. Like I just want to. I want to hunt deer again. You know, yep, like
1: yep. Oh, man. And um. Well, th- that that meat eater episode when Renella was here doing that. Like I yeah. like the that last like what was it a minute full of the slow motion uh, of them shooting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was yeah. really good. Uh, Dimitri, have you ever seen that? No. Oh, uh, the, when they filmed that one here because of of uh, was it. Seth, I think is... It, yeah. yeah, Seth
2: is a PA. Yeah. yeah, so
1: when they're at the end of the episode, they took like a montage of like a, a minute or two minutes of them all shooting, like either sighting in. And Brunella missed one, didn't he? Missed the buck, yeah. yeah. he missed a buck like uh, during the episode but yeah. it's just all close-ups in are You see it and it's the like flinch. how yeah. the flint's going and their eyes are shut for Shutting like,
2: and they're like <laughs> and <then> it goes <laughs> off. It's, it's, that's it's wild. It, yeah. Yeah. That's why they call them the flinch lock. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: I mean Holy hell. I mean, that fires like right yeah. here in their face and like, <laughs> they're like embracing it. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah. It was good. No, yeah, That's awesome.
2: They're, they're pretty wild. And, um, that, uh, uh I guess, uh, from what I've seen, uh, Johnny Stewart uh, has has gotten a couple really good bucks in in the late seasons season. flint Flintlock. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's just there's something really cool about them. There's something fun they're shooting them. It's like the same thing. We'll we'll get um, you know, if we can, a couple of guys in camp with Flintlocks, and we'll go out and do little pushes and stuff like that, and it's a blast. Like. Yeah. Every time you hear one go off, you're just like, oh yeah, yeah, that had to be a miss. There's yep. no way anybody hit anything, yep. you know. So then when you do, it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> it's huge, like it's huge, giant celebration. That's um, good.
1: That's good, man. Yeah. No yep. what what's your what's your game plan for uh, opening day of rifle season since your buck tags filled? What's what's your game plan?
2: Um, I'm I'm planning on taking the family out. Um, it depends. Uh, we have some other uh obligations actually for Cub Scouts oh, nice. um, throughout the day. Uh so it'll probably be in the morning um and then uh and out for the afternoon and the evening and then uh Sunday and Monday I'm still I'm off so nice. Get get out and get going there. Um you know have a, have uh have dough tags left so you know that should be uh uh, you know, on the table and, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, my wife's over and she's like, I got my mug tag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll get a couple other days off, um, in the second week. And, the the last, I want to say the last Saturday I work Friday night shift. So there's usually a couple of a couple of days a year that i'll come off of nights and just say i don't need to sleep yeah oh last year the last day of flintlock i did that and i ended up shooting one literally in the last like minute of light (laughs) that's awesome i i had had walked like nine miles that day been up for like 30 something hours like that was pretty uh that was pretty awesome
1: Uh, cool man then what what's your game plan
3: uh just gonna see a couple guys coming up to the house here to hunt and uh kind of in our traditional area and i'm gonna do my typical one of the spots closer to the house and i'm gonna be the cart guy ready to go so uh i'm just gonna hang out and wait for the to hear the big booms and figure out who shot and yeah help help do some tracking and dragging that's that's what i like to do
2: that's that that sounds like a really good time honestly (laughs) like that's about as good of a position as you can be in (laughs) opening data rifle in a lot of ways you know especially then you you get to be in on like you get to be in on it all you know like and uh (laughs) and you don't have to worry about filling your own tag it's already done
1: Yep. yep don't have to worry about that stress i like it yeah no that's good man well Phil, I appreciate you coming on, man, and and talking rifle hunting, talking PA traditional hunting and just all kinds of stuff, man. Well, when that time frame comes, maybe next month, let's let's revisit the whole uh flintlock stuff and we could do a special yeah. episode on that, and kind of For give sure. give a rundown Absolutely. and and all that stuff. So, where, you know, where what do you, you know, tell people a little bit about uh like where they could reach out to you on social media or anything like that?
2: I <laughs> I've uh pretty much like done like the social media blackout recently that's good (laughs) um yeah it just was like i'm just not into it so um but i still have facebook messenger so if you can find me on facebook it's just my name phil Holcomb. um you could shoot me a message if you had any questions uh and uh, i do check in on instagram every now and then um that's uh I think it's ph underscore qdm underscore 1079. Okay, um, either, either way, um, but uh, yeah, for the most part, I've just been <laughs> not, not paying attention to it. So
1: that's that's the way to be, man. Well, we appreciate you so much for coming on and enjoyed talking and, and chatting and, and getting connected from our buddy Mitch. over uh, over at the Pennsylvania Woodsman podcast. So appreciate it, man. Well, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week. Until then, make sure you know what you're shooting at this weekend, and uh, good luck. We'll see you next week. Antler up.